Hey, welcome back to Female Founder World. It's Jasmine. I'm the host of the show. And today I have the founder of a hair care brand that's rooted in Ayurveda. Her name is Nikita Chiruza and her brand is called Squigs. If you haven't heard of it, it's because this is a newer brand. She's been around for literally less than six months. But the reason why she's on the show is because A, I think it's super interesting to just do a check-in with a brand that is doing really cool things and is just a little bit earlier on. We have a lot of really established founders on the show, but sometimes I think it is good to chat with someone who is really in the thick of it, of really figuring out how to get traction and get this off the ground. But the one area of expertise that Nikita has that I really wanted to hone in on and that you're going to learn about today is getting PR coverage and press without a PR agency. And the reason why she is the best person to teach you how to do that is because she was a fashion editor for years. She was at Pop Sugar. She's worked and written for a bunch of different titles. And in the five months since she bootstrapped the launch of her hair care brand, she's managed to get coverage in Vogue, Allure, Birdie, and more of those really top tier digital publications in the beauty space. She's also part of the Ulta Beauty Accelerator program. So we get into all of that because I feel like a lot of people know about the Sephora Accelerate program, but they didn't know that Alta has its own because this is the first year that they're doing it. So we get a little bit of a behind the scenes into how you get into that program and what is involved. I think you're going to love this. There's some really tactical takeaways. If you're someone who's been wanting that press coverage, this is the episode for you. Before we jump in, I just also want to remind you about some upcoming online events that we have in our Female Founder World online community. At 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, October 27th, we have Fiona Cochan. She's the founder of Euthphoria. She's going to be jumping into our community, doing an AMA, answering all of your questions about growing a beauty brand. And the reason why this is super exciting is because the timing could not be better. Fiona just announced that Euthphoria has been picked up by Ulta. So she is in their physical stores. She's on Ulta.com and they've launched into Credo as well. So a really great time to kind of pick Fiona's brain and figure out how she managed to make that happen. That is not all the programming that we have in our community as well. We've also have Tiffany Jew, the founder of Chunks, coming in for an AMA. We've got Iris Smith, who is the founder of The Quick Flick, which is a multi-million dollar Australian beauty brand. We do a Monday hour one productivity session coming up in November as well. It's all happening in the hub. Make sure that you're in there, that you've registered for those events. There will be recordings, but there's nothing quite like being able to ask an established founder how they built their business and to ask them those sticky questions that you just can't Google. So the link is in the show notes. I hope you guys love it. All right, let's get into the episode. You are now entering Female Founder World with your host, Jasmine Grinesworthy. You know, welcome to Female Founder World. Hi, so lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I want to kick off by you just kind of introducing what you're building at Squeaks for folks who aren't super familiar with what you're doing. Squeaks is a fun and effective brand whose mission of happy head care was created to put you in a good mood. So I actually come from a background of a fashion and beauty editor And I was inspired by traditional Indian hair oiling and DIY products that were honestly just a huge part of my childhood. And I really wanted to create a brand that was both fun and effective and created a fun space that was approachable and enjoyable for everyone to give it a shot. So if people went to your website now, what would they, like what products would they find? What would the vibe be? Tell us a little more. Yeah, so our whole goal is basically to put you in a good mood. That's what I like to say, because actually Love the it. concept of it, yeah, the concept of squigs, I like to say, also started from a good mood. 
And it was basically a consistent correlation of using beauty products that had effective, non-irritating ingredients and feeling happier. And I literally wanted to bottle it up. And that's how Squigs was born. And because of our mission of happy head care, which is our comprehensive approach for taking care of the skin on your face and your scalp, because both are equally as important, I decided that it was very important for us to come out with two hero products. So the first one is our Gooseberry Delight hair oil, which is actually based on what my great grandmother I had created. And I wanted to basically create a shelf stable version of it for everybody. And our second product is called the Double Shot Face Serum, which is a biface face serum that's not only infused with amazing Ayurvedic extracts, but it has a nice cinnamide, hyaluronic acid, and it's just super fun to watch like the naturally occurring colors separate again. So when you go to our site, you will see both of our hero products, a little bit about what's in them, and then also just fun color that's supposed to, you know, brighten up your day a little bit. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm looking at the products now on your website you have like really fun fonts, lots of bright, bold colors. It's very fun, Gen Z. Who is your target customer? Yeah, definitely. So our target customer, I would say, is the Gen Z community. We have a strong millennial base as well. And interestingly enough, a lot of our customers range, especially for our hair oil and our face serum. So we have a lot of women and men ranging from like 30 to 50 also using both of the products being like, Hey, you know what, like this actually helped me with postpartum hair loss, or I've been suffering a lot from like hair shedding because, you know, stress during the pandemic, things like that. And I've gotten a lot of amazing customer feedback for both the hair oil and the face serum as well. I think what really resonated when I found, I don't know, I found you guys probably on Instagram. Who knows? That's where I find everything, Instagram. Or TikTok. Yeah. And what really resonated is we have quite similar stories. I was a fashion editor at Pop Sugar in Sydney, and then I went on and started my own consumer beauty brand before I started Female Founder World. And so I think that a lot of your story just really resonates with me. And there is definitely something about coming to consume, building a consumer brand from the experience of having that really strong editorial experience. What do you think are some of the benefits or I guess just some of the superpowers that you had from your previous life as a full-time editor that you were able to bring to the brand? I was actually full-time until maybe three months ago and Mm -hmm. I'm currently still freelancing because um, writing especially about smaller brands and POC-owned brands was something that I've been championing since day one of me starting my editorial career almost 10 years ago. And it was just something that I felt so strongly about. And, you know, I had the amazing opportunity to test out thousands of beauty products, thousands of fashion brands, interview so many inspiring people, dermatologists, doctors, everything. So from that experience, it definitely helped me understand, you know, hey, where is my white space here? Because I always knew I wanted to start Squigs. I'd actually started the process almost four years ago, and I was supposed to originally launch during the pandemic. But of course, you know, supply chain and all of that fun stuff and all those memes were basically my everyday life. So I think turning my editorial background into something more tangible was something that I've always wanted to do, especially since I was an entrepreneurship and finance major in college. My father started his own business, seeing that from the ground up. And I think at no matter what job you have, taking those like tangible things that you've learned from that and being able to maneuver it into what you're trying to go to is possible no matter what job you have. And I think that's something that I've learned along the way. And for me being an editor and, you know, 
interviewing all these awesome people, like learning about so many new ingredients, learning about ingredients I've used in my own life, for, you know, from my heritage for so many years and taking that together and like creating something that I want to be bigger than myself um, mm -hmm. is kind of my goal um, with Squigs. And I think definitely being an editor helped me fine tune not only how I want to be talking to the consumer, but how I want the consumer to also view us. Yeah, I that totally resonates with me. I think that there's something that comes from just having that you're, because you're so in it as well. I feel like you can see what is working in, from a storytelling perspective, like what stories are resonating with people. You just have that eye of like really clearly understanding like what brands are going to hit because you're constantly evaluating Will people be interested in this pitch that this brand has just sent me? Is this going to resonate with our audience? And so you just know like what plays well online. And I think that that's just something that gets honed through years and years of working as an editor. For sure. Yeah. And I think also just being within the space, maybe you feel the same. You kind of get almost jaded by kind of seeing, you know, so many things come out at the same time. And I'm the first mm -hmm. to admit like, yes, the market, the market is so saturated. I know it firsthand. And I didn't honestly want to come out with something if I didn't feel like there was a white space for it. And, yep. you know, I could have easily stopped, I think, when we were originally planning to launch in 2020, when I saw, you know, so many other brands coming out at the same time. But I continued on because I still felt like, you know, the mission that we're trying to hone in with Happy Head Care, with the ingredients that we're using, being synthetic, um, dye and fragrance free, keeping clean ingredients to the forefront, I still felt like there wasn't a brand trying to create those products focused on, you know, the head basically, because, you know, I was taught growing up that some of the ingredients that I've included in these products, not only can you use them for your face, but your scalp as well. And some of them also we eat. So it's very interesting that I think some consumers were finally starting to see the connection between the two, like, Hey, you should be taking care of your scalp the same way you're taking care of your face and seeing that connection for sure. I think something that you said before was really interesting. I want to pick back up on it. And that's that you left your job three months ago. So this is something that I don't think enough early stage consumer brand builders and founders talk about. And that's most of most of us are working other jobs <laughs> while we're doing that oh, yeah. <laughs> for a long time. And I think like, you know, people would be really surprised about folks who are leading pretty big venture backed companies are also taking on consulting gigs because they're not paying themselves a salary or they're paying themselves a really low salary. And they're like, I don't want to take money out of the business. So what else can I do? And this happens for a really, really long time. And I think that a lot of founders view that as like some kind of failure or I don't know, it's just, it's definitely something that's not really brought to the fore. Are you still doing consulting work and writing at the moment? Yeah. So, um, I'm still freelancing. I'm obviously mm -hmm. don't have as much time as it as I would like to, because like I said, writing about, um, you know, smaller brands, especially women owned uh, POC brands is something that really, truly matters to me a lot. Because when I first entered, um, especially the fashion space 10 years ago, I was pretty much like the only brown girl at like every event, every fashion show. And, you know, it was a little bit not only intimidating, but it just kind of felt like sad, like, hey, there's like no one here mm -hmm. that looks like me. And that's why, you know, whenever people would reach out to me like, hey, how'd you get, you know, your foot in the door? I'm always the first to be like, let me help you in whatever way I can. Because if you don't treat others how you would like to be treated, I don't see the point in existing on this planet. That's just something that's been like ingrained in me since day one. And yeah, I mean, the first few years, you know, I had been working on this with every spare moment that I had. And 
let me just say this, like editors don't really have a lot of free time. Like when you're not constantly writing up, like the news is on a full, you know, cycle that's on 24 seven. So like if someone gets engaged on like a Sunday morning and it's your birthday, even you still have to write it up, you still have to do everything. Uh So it was a lot of like, whenever I had free moments, I'd be working on it. And then I continued to work on it until I left three months ago. And it was a lot of pressure. I think I put on myself unnecessarily because, you know, I had just had my daughter, Selena. Um, I think I had mentioned this off camera, but I had gone through a bit of a tough birthing journey where I had to have multiple surgeries. So I was still dealing with a lot of health issues from that as well. So I think I put a lot of pressure on myself of like, oh my gosh, I have to do it all. I have to be like the best mom, the best business owner, the best, you know, uh, journalist out there. And I think I finally took a moment for myself. um, And that was kind of when I was like, okay, I need to focus on squigs full time. And obviously I wouldn't have been able to do that without the support that I have. I'm the first to admit that if my husband didn't have a full-time job, I wouldn't be able to do this at all. And I can say that openly because it is hard to run a business. It's a lot of capital you put into it. Um, This is my savings and editors don't make a lot of money to begin with. So Uh if I didn't have the support of like my husband being like, Hey, you want to work until 3am? I'll take the baby in the morning. Like you can finish what you have to do. And then we can swap it off and having that like awesome partner in life to help you with it. You can't do it. And that's why I'm just very, very fortunate that I have such a loving and caring family who not only backed me since day one of just being like, whatever you need to do, we'll be here to support you to make you feel like you can be the best mom, the best business owner, the best whatever, even if it's just, you know, picking up a phone call at 3am when you're having a freak out. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That network is super important. I want to talk about the funding. I've been there on that editor salary as well and funding a consumer business on that and being bootstrapped. Are you still fully bootstrapped now? Oh yes. A hundred percent. Amazing. Talk to me about that because I'm looking at your website and your product and it looks like a venture backed beauty business, like your photography, everything oh, wow. is Thank you. <laughs> beautiful, super premium. How did you manage to do that? I'm telling you, it's honestly just so many late nights of like, I had a vision of like what I wanted everything to look like starting from like the colors, the print, like everything. So it it just literally took years. Like it took four years to put mm-hmm. everything together. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I can say. It's just like you, if you have like a vision you truly believe in, I think it's easy to just be like, oh, I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z. But like, I would sit there with like sketchbooks, like writing out name after name and like things like that. And it's just putting a lot of like time and effort into drawing out each thing. So like everything you see there is like literally from like inside my brain of like, I want it to be this, I want it to look like this. And just translating it also takes a long time. So it's important Mm. for new business owners to be like, hey, listen, like it's not gonna look exactly how you want it to the first time around. If you wanna hone in on something, don't be afraid to like take a little bit more time and give yourself the time that you need to make it look like how you're envisioning it to look. Are there any like agencies, freelancers, platforms, tools, anything that you have engaged to kind of like help you get this finished product that you would recommend to other founders? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't go the agency route at all because I don't have the capital. And I think that's like the, (laughs) yeah. And I know people like throw out like, you know, 30 to 50 K on just, Mm -hmm. you know, getting what you want your mission to be. And I think that's why it's, 
important if you're starting something new to give yourself that time to figure out like, hey, start from the brass tacks of like, listen, what is your mission? What is your vision? Get it down to that singular sentence. Like for us, it's our mission is happy head care. Get it down to that like singular one sentence of like what you want it to evoke and then go from there because it you can't not it's I don't know. I don't think it's like also a normal way to go about it of being like, Hey, I'm just going to spend like 70 K on like this whole packaging and all of that stuff. And it's not possible. And it's a lot of Googling. It's a lot of time searching being like, Hey, like, can I go about this way? Can I do this? It's a lot of like, how do I use Adobe illustrator? What can I use to figure this out to get it the way I want it look? So I think people shouldn't get discouraged by the fact that there are so many expensive agencies out there. I think take your time of like, first, literally get out like a pencil and a pad, draw it out visually, like, how do you want it to look like, mm-hmm. and then take it step by step from there. Because I think everyone kind of wants to go, you know, like, the high scale funding route, but it's not always easy. And it's not always the case, like a lot of people can't do that route. And I wanted to take that step myself and give myself the time that I need to make it how I wanted it to look. And that's why both with the formulations and what you're seeing as a finished product took so long to do. Are you saying, hold on, you you just mentioned Adobe Illustrated there. Are you saying that you designed this yourself? No. So I'm saying like with every step of the way, like even when it comes to figuring out the pieces, like if I wanted like a squiggle on the website, like I would go on there, try to figure mm. it out. And there's like many things that, you know, Shopify can give you, for example, but yep. customizing it to how you want to look takes time. And it's a lot of like trial and error of like on the back end trying to figure it out. So that's what I mean by like, you don't necessarily have to go um, the whole brand agency route. And I do think there are some brand agencies out there that are more affordable, but it's just not the money that I wanted to spend. I wanted to spend my money on other things now of like, you know, trying to figure out marketing, trying to figure out brand awareness. And that's the kind of money where I want to spend it on like brand awareness rather than everything else. I was going to say, if you are also a designer on top of all of this, then I would, uh, yeah, be <laughs> be really, really impressed. That would be wild. Yeah, um, so no, I talk about, it's a lot of drawing. Wanna... Everything you see that... is like literally like drawing it out and then trying to figure it out from there. So yeah. Amazing. That is <laughs> really you. cool. I want to talk about press and uh, how, you know, you, you mentioned before, how many beauty brands have launched since 2020. And yes, I'm also in this space. I've seen that there is so much out there. What did you have to do to kind of stand out and get that early press? Because when you launched, you were everywhere. Like that that definitely must have been a big part of your launch strategy. You've been working in the media. So you're definitely someone who has a really good understanding of how this space works. What What's standing out and what's cutting through? Yeah. So again, I didn't have the finances to, you know, hire a really like bougie PR agency. And I've worked with a lot of PR agencies, not to knock on them. I know there's so many great ones out there, but that was literally just all me and emailing so many people day in and day out. I'm still doing that. I'm still my own like marketing person. I'm my own PR agency. I'm my own everything. I'm a one woman show at the moment. And it was just, I think I didn't, think we would get as much press as we did right off the bat, to be honest. I think people just really resonated with the story, which was nice to see. And I think people could see where I was coming from, that I just wanted to break the mold and just do something a little bit different, like, and just make you happy. And like I said, that's like our whole goal is to put you in a good mood. So even when you hear our name Squigs, which is a nickname that me and my sister called each other growing up or see our packaging. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's just supposed to put you in a good mood. And, um, 
I think that's why if you take the time to really focus in on what like your brand vision is and the mission is, people will automatically resonate to that. And I'm thankful that, you know, even though I did know people within the space, no one has to write anything. Like, you know, you don't have to support anyone. I was just lucky that people tried the products, they genuinely liked it. And um, we just ended up getting press that way. So um, I was very thankful that, you know, I did stick to my guns of being like, okay, I need a clear mission vision and like, just focus in on that from every angle. So even if it's like your branding or press or whatever it is, just like keep that true throughout. And I think that's what really helped. When founders are, you know, trying to manage their own press and they're not really sure about how to craft a pitch, what to include in that email, what kind of things do you think they should be they should be thinking about when they're putting that pitch email together for an editor? I'm sure you have a lot of knowledge on this as well, but I think just seeing so many pitches come through, I think keeping it like short and concise is like number one. Totally. Because, you know, we are getting, you know, thousands of emails a day. And then I think, like I said, again, stick to the basics of like, what is your brand? What do you stand for? Obviously like links to like your website, if you have any affiliates, like, um, and then just go from there and then try not to obviously like bombard someone with like a million emails, but it's totally appropriate for you to follow up like a week later being like, hi, any feedback, anything you would like to try, offer up samples, things like that. But um, I think just keeping it short and concise by getting your key points across is something that really goes a long way for for an editor receiving that pitch. I think the other thing about, you know, being short and concise and what we were just talking to before about visual identity and visual branding is that you can communicate so much through an image. And I think that if yeah. a, if a brand pitches an editor, you know, from being on the other side of this, being being the editor, being the writer, someone pitches me and I click on the link and I can see the website and I can instantly see what they're about, that they're cool, that they're really thoughtful and about their how they present themselves and, and I can see who their audience is, then immediately I, I can like understand what they're about. And so I think that when you're thinking about your visual identity, it's not just about getting to the end customer. It's also about getting through all of those gatekeepers who are, you know, the editors, the influencers, all of those people who you need to be excited about your brand to help you reach your end mm-hmm. customer as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I keep honing in on the fact that once you figure out that one sentence of what defines you, if mm-hmm. you continually like push that through from everything from your like packaging all the way to the marketing aspect, customers will understand it as well, because it's like we talked about earlier, it's such a saturated market. Sticking to your guns of like what you believe in and what you want the brand to stand for is something that matters a lot. And like for us, for example, with Happy Head Care, giving back to mental health charity at the end of the year is something that matters to me a lot because um, how can I be preaching about, you know, like taking care of like the skin on your face and your scalp if you're not taking care of your brain? Like what's the whole point of this, right? So it it just made sense for me to include that as well, because um, growing up, especially being South Asian, uh, I was lucky enough that I had my grandmother, who's a psychiatrist, as a sounding board, and not a lot of people do. And, you know, going to therapy, talking to therapists is something within, you know, minority communities that's often looked down upon. There's a huge connect between mental health and beauty and how you view yourself. And being on the other side as an editor, I've also seen like, how I would get pitches and not be like, oh, that just makes me feel gross. Like nothing is going to get rid of pores. Nothing is going to, you know, be the (laughs) best product in the entire world. And I want people to see squigs in that light of like, we're not trying to like push, like this is the ultimate, this is the only thing you need because that's not realistic of how even the consumer shops, like 
you can have great ingredients, you can have a great product, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is the only thing you're going to use because that's not how life works. And it'd be stupid to present it in that manner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sorry, I'm just checking my notes here about what I wanted to talk about next. No worries. What time is that? 33.32. As someone who is in, you know, in the trenches right now, bootstrapping a brand, you're probably, I'm guessing, in the stage where you're trying to figure out, like, what is working in terms of marketing. Obviously, press would have been a big top of funnel thing for you, but what other things are you testing out? What's worked? What hasn't hit? Like, what are you what are you seeing out there right now as a beauty brand that's really like trying to get traction? Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard out there, not going to lie, because ever since the iOS update, like everything from Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, like nothing really hits like it used to. Um, mm. So that's why in my head, I'm like, damn, like if I would have launched like two years ago, um, it would have been like the perfect time. But at the same time, I wouldn't, I think, be as sure as everything as I am now. And I think everything truly does happen for a reason. Um, But I just think that like TikTok is such a fun space. Like I personally just love creating content. I wish I had more time for it. But, you know, business owner, mom, it's hard. (laughs) But like, I think just using fun methods to, I think, show off what the product is, is like kind of the only way you're going to be able to get your messaging across. So I've really been trying to focusing, focus my energies on that versus like numbers and things like that when it comes to like followers and things like that, because guess what? Like even my own friends aren't seeing my own posts right now because that's just how the algorithm works. So (laughs) I'm not going to, you know, waste my time focusing on that energy. I'm still going to be creating content that I feel like fits in within our squiggerverse is what I like to call it and like continue from that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So I want to talk about um, how your vision for squigs has like evolved or changed. I, I know you're you're kind of like in this place, which I think is really interesting. I think when a brand launches, you have a really clear idea of who you are, what you stand for, and then you start getting feedback from the market and from your customers. And I'm wondering if after you launched, you, the way that you thought about the brand changed, that your messaging changed, like what that feedback was and how you took it on board. Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, um, I haven't gotten any feedback on like major changes. I feel like um, because I spent so much time really focusing on what I wanted the brand to stand for and who I was marketing for, I think that's what really helped me stay consistent throughout. And I mean, we're only six months in, so who knows what's going to happen like a year down the line. But I think taking that extra time to really focus in on what I wanted to do with the brand really helped me in the long run. So maybe, you know, those two extra years that I was like, oh, I should have done it then worked out for in my advantage, because I feel like a lot of the consumers who have been repeat buyers also for both of the products, it's just been so great to have people come back time and time again, and just say like, hey, like, you know, this face serum didn't break me out. Like, I'm shocked Mm -hmm. that it's actually like super cute, but effective, which is like why it took us so long to formulate. And um it was just really nice, I think, to get back that feedback that, you know, hey, this is exactly what you're saying it's doing. It's what it's doing. Because I think a lot of time um, people can kind of get carried away with marketing also. And you have to make sure that when you're saying a product is for all hair types, it is for all hair types. So that's why for our hair oil, for example, I made sure to have it in a reducer rather than a dropper because, you know, a lot of people with like coily and textured hair, they can't use droppers all the time and I have thick hair and it would take me 
500 years to kind of put it through my scalp <laughs> and massage it. So I think it's really just thinking about it from like all angles. And thankfully enough that our consumers kind of got the mission from the start, which was really nice. Before we started recording, you were telling me that Squigs is part of the Ulta Beauty Accelerator program. I didn't even know that Ulta had a beauty accelerator program. Yeah. So this is all news to me. And I'm so curious about what that's all about. I know there's only so much you can say about this because it's not kind of public, super public at the moment. But how did you get involved? What are they kind of teaching you? What can you share about that program? Yeah, so I'm super excited because like we're the first and only South Asian inspired brand, um, a part of the program, which was really cool. Um, and um, it just started a few weeks back. It's their first accelerator program. So I think being a part of like the first cohort is very amazing to say the least. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just started a few weeks ago. So we're kind of doing, you know, a strong curriculum about different parts of like a business that a business owner should be learning. Um, we have you know, mentors who are coming in talking to us as well. So, so far, the whole experience has been really great. And I think just having um, a retailer as big as Alta saying like, hey, I believe in you, I believe in your mission is just the validation that I think um, I didn't think I'd get so quickly, but it's just so yeah, amazing, amazing. To, yeah, to like, you know, have someone be like, hey, I get what you're doing here. And I see that this can grow. Um, so that has been very it, like a really cool experience to say the least. How did you find them or how did they find you? Yeah, I just saw people posting about it on Instagram, literally, and I went to their website and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. And then I read more about it and they're like, this is the first um, cohort that they're doing. So um, applied, heard back and yeah, here we are. <laughs> awesome. What kind of things have you kind of been learned through the program so far that you're like, oh, this was really helpful? Yeah, I think just learning more about different founders experiences has been really awesome. And I think seeing that no matter at what stage of your business you're at, like everyone kind of goes through the same ups and downs as you do as an entrepreneur. That was very grounding for me. I think, you know, hearing everyone's story that like, Hey, I could be making X, Y, Z millions of dollars. It doesn't matter. Like we're all mm -hmm. still going through the same thing. And I think that's just such a great takeaway already of like, listen, like you don't have to I think worry about like the future, take it one step at a time and just know that like, you're literally not the only one feeling all the emotions you are. Everybody that's out there is going through the same thing. Yeah, that's a very valuable thing that you just can't get unless you've got that community of founders around you. Yeah. Um, I, I want to chat about some, you're on Shopify. So some of the tools, apps, things that you're using on Shopify or programs that you're using to run the business that you recommend. I'm still getting used to everything. Like I said, we're only like, I think five months in now. So I think Shopify has been really great. It's very easy to use in terms of like apps I've been using. Clavio, I think is really great. I just started using Clavio maybe like a month ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've been thinking about um, doing attentive maybe for like SMS marketing as well, because that's something I want to get into as well. But those are kind of like the main two that app wise, I guess, on Shopify that I've been using. Awesome. And then the last question I ask everyone who comes on the show is for a resource. And that could be a book, a podcast, it could be a habit that you're doing every day, just something that's helping you as you're growing as a founder. Yeah. So I guess resource wise, I'm a big podcast junkie. I've listened to a bunch of yours as well. So that's why when you reached out, I was like, ah, this is so cool. Amazing. Um, love and, that. <laughs> yeah. And I love like how this is built by Guy Raz. Mm -hmm. I love the Glossy Beauty podcast. I feel like that's 
kind of like the editor in me loves to listen to that because it's like very technical as well. I think that's a great podcast to listen to. And I guess things that I do, I just really try to get out of the house because I'm working from home. So I really try to like, even if it's like getting Starbucks in the morning while I listen to a podcast for 15 minutes, that's kind of like my time to just like ground myself. And then also just making sure I just get outside and just get like fresher and walk for 10 minutes and like throw my phone in the corner because I'm sure you may feel the same way, but when you're yeah. running your own business, it's just, it doesn't stop. Like it's 3 a.m. I'm waking up and I'm like, oh my gosh, an email came through. Let me answer it now instead of later. Oh my God. Just yeah. so I can give myself more time. So I think I'm um, trying to find like a nice middle balance with that. And I think throwing your phone away, I've given my husband full permission if he sees me on my phone, like when we're just like watching 20 minutes of TV to take it out <laughs> of my hands and throw it away, which he's been doing, which is really great. <laughs> so yeah, I recommend, you know, asking partners to get involved to give yourself like some sanity time when needed as well. <laughs> totally. I'm super curious about what your like day to day looks like. Like, you know, as someone who you've got a small child, you're running a business, you're doing some freelance stuff as well. Like what, yeah. what does a day look like? How are you putting containers around your time? Or is it more just like, yeah, this is the list of shit you've got to get done today. And however it happens, it happens. No, no. I mean, definitely I have like my to-do list is crazy. I'm actually in the process of like trying to find like a good app. So if you have any recs, let me know for like managing everything. But for me, I think I start off in the morning with my daughter, Selena, and I try to keep it from like six to nine o'clock, just pure Selena time of just focusing in on that. And then I try to keep a normal work schedule where it's like nine to five focusing on work so it's like answering emails doing meetings figuring out logistics whatever it is and then my cutoff time also again is five o'clock but who knows because some days I'm on at like eight o'clock and that's where you know my partner steps in and he's like okay I'll handle this while you can do this and like I said it's just really nice having someone who can like help you within this process as well because doing it as a solo entrepreneur is a lot and it can be taxing. So I've been trying to just, I think, break up my days in that respect. And then also just kind of purely keep weekends just for like me time and focus on my daughter and my husband and like nothing else, <laughs> which is yeah. again hard, but you have to do it. So totally. Nikita, thank you so much for coming on the show and congratulations on all the traction you've got with Squigs so far. I can't believe you're only five months in. That's incredible. Thank you so much. It was awesome being here. Thank you for having me.